Okay, I'm going to make this quick because this episode today is phenomenal. Leslie Witt, the Chief Design Officer at Headspace. She's one of my new favorite people. Uh, But before we get into it, I just want to say it would really mean a lot to me and help out the podcast if you guys could leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So if you enjoy this, if you get to the end and be like, hey, man, that was pretty good. Leslie is amazing. Uh, Where can I find more of the show? Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, uh, make sure you leave a review. It really helps me out. And make sure you're following along on Instagram, Meet the Creatives NY. And without further ado, let's get into this episode. I love it. Headspace is the best. Uh, One of my favorite um, apps in the world. It's help to change my life. And you're about to find out all about that right now. So enjoy it and have a great day. Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today, I am joined by Leslie Witt, the Chief Design Officer at one of my favorite companies in the world at Headspace. Welcome to Meet the Creatives. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, this is awesome. I was saying before the show that uh, I've I'm a huge fan of Headspace. I'll get into that in a second. But um, I originally talked to Ken Sino in the written form, and we've stayed in touch that way. I told you before the show about how I tried to make a I tried to make a hail mary attempt to talk to Andy, but he had just got done doing Jimmy Fallon. One day, a boy can dream. Andy, he, out there. he told me to say next up. You know. Yes, exactly. In the future, that's like a, a long term goal. Well, I'm taking the um, the fear of the future class with Eve from Headspace. So maybe you know, maybe I'm fearful of the future. Maybe it work out. Well, little known fact, Eve, who is our director of meditation and also the voice that puts many, many people around the world to sleep uh, is on the design team. So she is originally a content designer and I'm still very lucky to get to call her part of our community and crew. Oh my God. That's amazing. Shout out to Eve. That's like really cool. I feel like sometimes you, you, uh, you kind of lose sight of the fact that they're just people. They, they kind of, cause every day for the most part on, on, on most good days, I, 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 start the day out with headspace so a little a little backspace uh, backspace i have headspace in my head <laughs> a little backstory on how i came around to headspace um and not to be too depressing but it'll give some context as to why i have such a, an affinity for it and then we'll get into you yeah. i swear to god this is so self-serving but i just want to tell you while we're here um my brother-in-law unfortunately passed away um like two and a half years ago and i at the time really wasn't focusing on my, on my mental health at all. I wasn't doing therapy. I, we, we did um, some stuff where they would like come in and talk to us and that kind of got the ball rolling, but nothing really. And, um, and I, since now, actually this week was one year sober, but at the time I like definitely was having problems with like drugs yeah. and alcohol and everything. Yeah. And I just needed something, a lifeboat, anything, just a moment of clarity. And I remember when I found Headspace and I remember he, th- this is like, and initially, I was like, this is the most woo-woo thing I've ever done in my entire <laughs> life. This is not going to work. And I cannot begin to express to you how grateful I am to Headspace and the product that it is. And it's really gotten me through so many hard times. And then like recently, my uh, grandpa passed away. It's been a rough couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I took um, the grief courses on Headspace have been really great. And then with my career, I've, you know, the self-esteem course and all this different stuff. So uh, this is a ringing uh, endorsement of Headspace. And, you know, I know we're joking around here, but if anyone is struggling, I can't recommend it enough. So, you know, Rob, thank, thank you for sharing that so openly. And, um, you know, unfortunately that level of personal trauma, no matter like what, what its origin story is a loss of a loved one. In my case, it was multiple years of miscarriages and infertility. Like 
that that, to that impetus to finally say like I actually need to acknowledge my mental health and take care of it um, is often what what brings people to us. And you know, I'd say like as a design leader, our biggest goal is to be able to get you over that hump of like this is the woo wooest thing that I've ever done, <laughs> and like I don't think it's right for me. Uh, to be able tiny, to actually the tiny pinprick of light was like yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> like how do you actually start that conversation and and match make with the you know right situational content, the right voice even um, to make sure that the person feels welcomed in and like mm-hmm. has that glide path to create more of a, a lifelong mental health care. Yeah, absolutely. And there's sort of an optimism, and I think that it's. I guess we'll just dive right into all things yeah. headspace. And I know I have it on, on the questions about what a typical day is like, but um, just about the design system in general, um, there's definitely like an optimism there yeah. and a fun playfulness about it that seems kind of uh, genuine, I'd say. You know, sometimes you see things and yeah. it seems opti- you could kind of, th- there's, there's like an angle, whereas headspace for some reason feels organic. Maybe I'm just like used to it, but it's one of the few brands that if I would have a meltdown, if they completely change it and just like <laughs> did, did away with the characters, I hope that's not something that's coming down the pipeline. Uh, I actually have on Adobe, there's Adobe color. You can like download the swatches. Yeah. It's really embarrassing. But I have um, all of the Headspace color palettes. They're all saved. And when I was like getting into like vector art, I, mm-hmm. I, I would make the little characters. So... I actually well, have I mean, some, I, I will tell you what is probably not that surprising, which is like we have some of the world's best illustrators and visual designers on the team yeah. who are, you know, always pushing to bring that authenticity, that invitation and accessibility of our illustration system and our UI system to bear. Um, but and it, and it heavily predates my tenure with Headspace. And I, I would say like as someone stepping into the chief design officer role. Like my goal is to make sure that we can evolve it um, into something that's that much more inviting and, and accessible and delivers on our mission, which is you know to improve the health and happiness of the world in a way that feels authentic to more and more people, but to do it without compromising the jewel that it is today. I think that great design, I was just talking about this the other day, I was talking about animation and i was saying that i wanted to get into into animation and then i tried to draw mickey mouse just like the the static like you know like just draw mickey mouse just sketch him out on like you know pe- uh, pencil and paper see if i could do it and it was such a humbling experience and when i tried to replicate the headspace stuff because it's really easy to oh, i could do that i can make those like rounded corners and do that sort of like organic shapes and stuff like that but the um conceptual side of headspace from a design standpoint i find to be really really it's so simple but it's also like brilliant at the same time like well i will pass on your appreciation and thanks to the team um you know in particular uh my chief creative officer caroline pay who helps to steward that incredible crew and creating something that has the level of kind of meaning and diversity Mm -hmm. that speaks to the broad range of both people we serve and content that we serve up, but has that holism where you can just at a, like at a blink tell that it's headspace. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I'm curious to know, you know, you're a chief design officer, there's chief creative officer, um, you know, and Headspace is a is a huge, a very quickly growing company. I'm sure, like by the day, it's probably growing. So, you know, there's the chief creative officer and chief design officer. 
there's design and, and creative. How do those two intermingle and, and what is, is the difference? I know it's kind of a yeah, question. Um, but... So design is sort of the meta umbrella. And so mm -hmm. within my team sits the creative team um, that Caroline Pay, who I just mentioned, leads. And that's, um, you know, brand and creative. It's copywriting. It's um, illustration and animation. Um, so it's really kind of from the very first impression when you, you know, see head headspace on a YouTube channel or a Netflix show like that, that very first hint of introduction all the way through, you know, kind of promise to pay off when you're actually in our experiences and acting as a member, they're really responsible for that through line. Um, I've got the product design team, which your friend Ken Sino uh, leads. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Ken. And, you know, those are the folks that really, once we have more of a kind of interest and engagement with you from a product perspective, they're really responsible for delivering delightful and highly usable features to bear. We've got a user research team, uh, and that's both service designers as well as qual and quant researchers who kind of hold the candle for our members um, and having a deep human understanding of need um, on everything from the tactile tactical to like the very conceptual, really understanding the, you know, dire state of mental health in the, in the world and translating that into future product and service ideas. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, we have a corporate social responsibility that lives with the design team. And we have a strong social impact goal and focus around um, teen and youth mental health. And so that's really the kind of cast of characters that lives within the design umbrella um, having us be able to advocate for um, for people um, and really drive a human-centered design process on everything from innovation and ideation through execution. And Headspace is really intuitive. I don't think that you need to be somebody who's very tech savvy in order to use it. It's well, it's that's there. that's definitely our goal. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I would say, like like all parties, there's always room for improvement, and that's for us been particularly the case as we have expanded the type of, of content material we bring to bear. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we started as a meditation and mindfulness app, and that's very much still our foundation, but we have a really wide array of sleep content, of focus music, of things that are about kind of wellness writ large in terms of mindful exercise, mindful eating. And as that library of offerings um, expands, you don't want to then expand, um, and it can without watching it, the complexity of navigating to discovery. So we're really leaning in right now to kind of use all of the complex tools of AI and ML to be able to personalize those things and make sure that that matchmaking process isn't one that has all of the burden on the customer. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I love about Headspace is the well first off i love the uh the jazz i forgot what, what the word is but the the, the coffee jazz club thing mm -hmm. I, I live mm -hmm. there oh good uh, the place where <laughs> the um with the with the cats with the washing machines oh. <laughs> what's yes. that called the uh the cat that the cat marina that's not cat marina oh. the cat marina is good too cat marina is good I was miley like, cyrus so loves that by the way i don't know if you heard I've that i've heard that i had heard that um, <laughs> That one's not that my alone. favorite. I'm a little bit, um, to be honest, I have nine-year-old twins and uh, my son has an odd level of obsession with Sesame Street. And yes. so we're big fans of the monster meditations um, and a little bit of the like Goodnight Elmo, which um, he's he even acknowledges. He's like, I know it's not age appropriate, but I'd like to do Goodnight Elmo again. That sounds really fun. I, I'm going to do it. 
for the podcast, I think it was like two years ago, I had an interview um, with Sarah Rebar, who's an incredible illustrator. You guys should totally snag her at Headspace. She's incredible. She's worked, <laughs> I, I think she's back now at Sesame Street. But uh, right before the podcast, I got lost and didn't know where the building was. It's kind of uh, hidden, probably because they don't want like people showing up or whatever. So I stopped some man on the street and I was like, excuse me, can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? He's like, you realize what you just said, right? I'm like, uh, oh yeah, that was, no, sorry. But thankfully he knew. So he saved me the, the secondhand embarrassment. So it was good though. Well, yes. um, follow on story to that. So okay. my son is really obsessed with the idea of being on Sesame Street. He just wrote a research paper on puppeteering. He last summer taught himself ventriloquism. I'm not sure he would, you know, pass a, a talent test, but he told me uh, this weekend that the one place he wants to go now that like we're kind of starting to travel again post COVID, he's got to get to New York because he wants to go to Sesame Street. So um, that's amazing. I could we definitely might have to ask you for directions. Yes. Yeah. Um, You're going to introduce me to Eve and I'm going to get yeah. you to go to Sesame Street. It's going to be perfect. It's a no. deal. It's okay, a deal. cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, see, my friend uh, works there. I, I went to the, the the other one, but the, the studio, uh, we were planning on going. I'm sure with COVID, the rules are really strict, but I would definitely make that happen. Obviously, you know, we're talking about the app and how it's expanding, yeah. but um, I think that Headspace is now in all these different places. It's on like Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, more recently, you guys are on Netflix. I love it. I'm really into it. Uh, my wife and I watched it. Uh, but, you know, as far as what you guys are doing in the future and some of the, the projects you guys are excited about, um, what, are you, what are you the most excited about? We have something that uh, we'll be sharing with the world very soon, another partnership with Sesame Street, which is probably yes. one of the things I am most excited about. Um, we, you know, are continuing to partner with Netflix. And um, I think by the time that you have this live, uh, we will have announced the fact that we have an interactive show coming up with Netflix. So oh they are kind of figuring out how to get more into the interactive space. And we're partnering up with them to bring more of our meditation and sleep content into that platform, because it allows us to reach worldwide. Um, you know, I think, God, the stats are astounding, but you know, in the in the tens of millions of people who have been able to um, view and benefit from Headspace content through yeah, Netflix. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. that was yeah. there an exponential growth in the company once it went to Netflix? Or yeah, uh, I mean, and particularly when you think about reach, um, when you think about brand knownness, um, and and really kind of then driving that back into the core business. Um, you know, we continue to see that our overall mission, which is to reach the world, um, is something that we have to and want to do vis-a-vis -vis partners in addition to our own service. So there's a lot there's a lot that's coming up very soon. I am hyped. Um, I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. And in addition, I, I would say probably the thing that um, I'm most excited about is we're continuing to lean into becoming this kind of broader service mental health and well-being platform and really acknowledging that, um, you know, anxiety, stress, depression, um, whatever set of challenges someone's facing, whether they're, you know, kind of one moment in time or something that's defining a long-term journey for them, that we have the right range of content and services to meet them no matter where they are. So the purpose of this podcast is to bridge the gap between entry-level creative professionals, people just starting out, and people like yourself who are crushing it. If someone w wanted to apply for, for Headspace, what are some of the things that you're 
looking to see um, to come work with you? And what are some of the things that you might see or see time and time again that may prove that someone's, you know, not cut out for the job? Great question. Um, I'm going to focus, answer your question first, and then I actually want to do a little self-reflection on um, career journeys. If you're going to go deep. I love it. Okay. Perfect. Okay, good. Um, You know, when it comes to what we're looking for, we have an incredible benefit that we have a very strong talent attraction brand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what that means in translation is more, more people who are qualified to have the positions that we post apply to them than, than anyone has a right to see. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't mean don't apply, but it does mean like, wow, you're, you're applying with a really large volume of incredibly like technically talented people. Um, and so, you know, first of all, I would say, especially for, you know, some of our more technical oriented jobs and roles, like say, you know, a design prototyper, um, an illustrator, an animator, we are looking like, do you have proof points that say that you are world-class in this from a um, kind of, you know, the long arm of the T dimension. But um, if you're familiar with that metaphor of a T-shaped individual, yeah. it was a, a big one that we looked for when I was at IDEO for 10 years. And I definitely have carried that. I actually know El- Elliot Burford and he told me about the, uh, the, the, I think he worked at IDEO as well. And it's the top, it's a, so it's a capital T, it's, it's a broad, T. a broad skill set going across the top. And then the bottom is the, the deep dive, right? Yeah. And, and what, what I've I always found is that, um, <laughs> that dimension of the broad skill set is also about the ability to, um, translate and, and communicate effectively, um, the, the why behind what you're doing as well as have a curiosity about others wise, right? And so when it comes to being able to collaborate, you can represent your point of view, but you can also be receptive to others. Um, When it comes to having a strong intuition, you can represent your why and advocate. You can also be open to experimentation. And so that level of kind of openness as well as ability to translate is something that we deeply look for. Um, Attitude, um, attitude and passion is huge. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that like you are a um, meditation guru, right? Like I'm not, I'm a learner. Um, and uh, I think that that dimension of, for me, um, being a learner gives me more empathy with our members. And so, but having deep passion for the topic and, and a zeal to use the tools of design to change the world, you know, if that's not too cheesy is something that we definitely look for in candidates. Um, and then last but not least is really energy, right? Like when you think about, especially I'd say these days when we're all connecting to each other over Zoom and via screen, are you someone that can enter into a conversation, into a community, into a place? Um, and if you're given the forum, empowered to speak in an equitable environment that's inclusive in nature, like do you take that opportunity and run with it where you're able to act as an amplifier to the possibility and energy of the room for others? Yeah. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> no, it's cool. I have the energy part. The, there the you tech, go. The technical skill set, though. We're gonna, I'll see you in you five years. You might need to work on the long T, but you know. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so tell me about the career journey part. Yeah, I mean, so um, <laughs> if you looked me up on LinkedIn, you can tell I didn't start I out did. as product designer. Um, I started out as an architect. Um, and I spent like 10 years being an architect of the build buildings kind, um, loved being educated as an architect, hated 
practicing as an architect. I mean, like that sounds like a strong verb, but it accurately portrays how I felt right. um, when I actually allowed myself to reflect and, and feel like, do I enjoy doing this? And that was pretty soul crushing for me. Um, because I had had not just an orientation of like, I go to Rice, I go to Princeton, but it was all about becoming a professor of architecture um, who had a small boutique practice. And what I realized was I had this massive crisis of conscience where I was like, I can't go be a professor of something that I don't actually enjoy doing. And um, I had, uh, you know, just this moment in time that it was in my very late 20s And it was through complete serendipity that I left that moment and stumbled into IDEO where I also was not a product designer and sort of found through being forced into various different types of industries and projects and having doors opened and also forcing doors open that um, I, I started to lock in on what I really enjoyed doing as a designer. And, you know, I'm, Uh, hopefully this isn't going to spark any ageism. I'm 44 years old and it's just six months ago that I found Headspace. And I, and I say that um, not, not to like downplay all the other wonderful things that have happened throughout my career. Don't look a day um, over 30, by the way, just so. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) People would be listening like, hello, like. (laughs) But I do think a lot of times it can feel, it felt this way to me, like you're 22, you're 24 and you're like, I haven't yet worked for the most major brand that I is on my like utopia list, or Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I've totally locked and loaded. And um, I would tell you, even if you get your quote unquote dream job right out of college, you're inevitably going to find things that are disappointing about that dream or didn't live up to expectations. And um, hopefully you give yourself enough oxygen to allow that there's other paths and other discoveries that can happen. So yeah, that was my little stump speech. No, it's perfect. I, I love it. And I'm kind of there right now, actually, because I just turned 30 on April 4th. And uh, it's it's weird because there is a sense of calm, actually, that that's come with that. Like my mm-hmm. 20s, as I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, the last five years or so, I was kind of happy to come into 30 and kind of have yeah. that that yeah. new slate. Um, also, too, I think the older I get, the more I realize that my parents are just human beings who want what's best for me. And there's, there's not, there's not this like constant, you know, there's not this constant judgment from people that a lot of that was self-constructed, a lot of which I uncovered in headspace, but now it's like, okay, well, no one's judging you, but you need to have like a viable career. (laughs) Like, you you know, I'm also, I was just saying to my wife today, I was, I, I was eating a burrito on the side of the road and just looking around at like downtown Ridgewood, New Jersey, which is a very affluent area. I, by the way, first time using that word, I'm pretty sure that's how you use that word. <laughs> and I was looking around and recently I've been kind of recognizing it's like, oh yeah, real life costs a lot of money. Yeah. Like property tax is a lot. Having children is a lot. That's something that's very much so and coming mm-hmm. up in my life. So it's cool that I'm like, oh great. Like I get to do what I love, but there's also that feeling of like, like the the walls are closing in kind of thing. That's why I'm doing well. And I mean, like, this is going to sound cheesy, but I think like the goal is to be able to marry them. Right. Um, But I think that that also takes some navigation. Mm -hmm. And, and what I mean by that is like, you know, actually like I'll, I'll point right there. My husband went to Wesleyan, which is, you know, like a, a lovely liberal arts school. And he was a studio art and, um, African American studies major. And he did tons of printmaking 
he, he loves printmaking. I mean, that was like, that was his thesis. We have right. like amazing prints all throughout our house. We have a little letterpress in our home that makes holiday cards every Christmas. You guys are um, so California. I love it. We it's are, per- we are kind of California. You're making me but, miss the West coast. <laughs> you know, we're, we're sort of thinking he, he is also a design leader um, in digital mm. and gets to use some of the same thought processes and some of the same bias to make digital things. Mm-hmm. which he loves, but don't have necessarily that same visceral, like, oh my God, like this is my core. But we're, we're seeing the road where, you know, more time for hobbies emerges, you know, that, that, that glide path of, you know, making a career that does give you the ability to have kids, um, to pay those property taxes, to support, <laughs> el- you know, elderly parents, right. um, that they're not mutually exclusive and that life has so many chapters and that, we, we, we're starting to see that moment where you start to get, come back and revisit. Like I've taken up piano again. I got my trumpet, which I haven't really played since college, like lubed up and like, I'm thinking about <laughs> joining a band and, uh, you know, you're like, okay, like I, I gave it up for a while, but I can, I can come back. So, you know, it's, it's a nice life's a journey reality. Over the last year and a half or so with, with COVID and everything, this podcast is definitely changing. Uh, for the, for the better in a way. At first, I was a little bit worried that it would seem self serving, but I I think especially with all like the uh, s- social distancing and like the yeah. li- in the literal sense, um, I think that people want to hear more genuine, vulnerable things. Do you feel like um, as somebody who's like in a leadership position? Do you feel that people during this time are now like opening up more about these things? Because because lately I feel like I'm being a little bit yeah. too dramatic about things. But then I think it's also sign of the time sort of thing, you know? Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, it's like to every um, everything has a silver lining. And yeah. when I look at what was already like, I'm going to zoom in on our domain because I think it's very apropos um, what already was a mental health crisis, but mm-hmm. still had a lot of stigma wrapped around it. Like you, you go through an event, an, an extended event together, like the global pandemic and whether it's personal trauma or, you know, adjacent trauma, whether it's, you know, having illness or watching someone have illness or fear of your parents getting sick. You know, I mean, you, you extrapolate, no one's more than a, a small tick removed mm-hmm. from something that's substantial and hard and, um, and knows that that is, is a shared attribute. And I think it's created in a positive way, um, the conditions for people to talk pretty openly about their mental health. And then you, you double into that a reality, at least in the U S and to a certain extent, um, worldwide, which is the level of social upheaval, um, which, you know, you have like this fomenting of things that have been there latently for so long. Um, and again, it's created like a, it's in your face and, and now in good ways is being talked about, but we don't necessarily all have the right words, the right, um, resources within ourselves to kind of self-respect, self-reflect and reflect feelings, reflect institutional reality. And so I've just seen this massive increase in, um, willingness to talk about hard things as well as almost a demand of it, um, which to me, like those, those are all good, particularly if we can marry 
that new reality with the resources to actually help people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's why. And admittedly, I think I kind of came back to Headspace during the time of the pandemic because I, I, before this, I would think of self-care sort of as this, I don't want to say like a luxury, but it, but it felt like, why are you taking time for yourself and going, this is, be yeah. this is before COVID. Why are you in the, on a Monday at a park doing a med doing meditation when surely you could be doing something else to further your career. And now it's like those two worlds are starting to flip flop a little bit for me. The mental health, the health and well-being of my family. Is everyone alive? Is everybody good? Cool. Like have gratitude for that. It's sort of um, a sense of, of gratitude has sort of been like forced upon me. But having that a sense of, of inner peace during times like this is really helpful. The more things I have in my pocket, literally, that can help with that, the better, you know? I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it made me think a little bit like, I, and I do believe that these affiliations are, are being broken, right? Where mm -hmm. self-care was somewhat synonymous with selfish and indulgent. Right. And that instead you're like remapping now to, you know, the safety video we've all seen a million times when we used to fly on planes which is, you know, put on your own oxygen mask before you don it on your children. Cause guess what? Right. Like, if you don't do that, you can't actually be there to help them. And, yeah. um, and I do feel like that, you know, that's a very literal association, but that notion of like, and we all have seen it. Like if you haven't taken care of yourself and gotten yourself to, um, you know, at least a stable place, you end up being, um, a, a nag on others, right? right? Like, and you see it in, personal relationships, you see it in larger group gatherings. And so that, that dimension of like, actually in order to be someone who's self-accretive and is helpful, I actually need to establish a baseline of self-care for my, for me. Yeah, absolutely. In a way I'm kind of, not that I'm, I'm <laughs> it's a weird thing to say, I'm glad that my life spiraled out of control, but um, my, you know, my brother-in-law passed and my grandpa was diagnosed with cancer, then he died and that all kind of happened in short order. And then COVID came along and I was already sort of like, I got to get this under control. And that's when, yeah. and I know I'm not technically supposed to talk about it, but you know, when I went into like 12 step recovery, like yeah. it happened, that was, I got sober May 14th of last year. And I remember that feeling of just recognizing like, this isn't good. Like whatever's happening in the world and where my mental state is at now, this yeah. isn't good. But I actually have a lot of empathy for people who just now at, you know, as we're coming out of this or looking or looking at the, uh, at yeah. what has transpired and where their mental health is and have a huge mountain to climb because I think we all do. And I, if I'm not taking care of myself and I, I can feel the difference and I, I want to, I think it's imperative that I'm more open about these kind of things. It's it's not it's not selfish to talk about these things. It's in fact it's needed for a lot of people to hear. Oh, totally. No, I think it normalizes. Yeah, like it, <laughs> it normalizes a reality that many people are in. And for those who haven't yet necessarily like addressed something like, you know, sobriety, um, if that's their challenge, like you just opened the door for, you know, some level of, uh, you know, listeners to your podcast. So like, yeah. I, I, I would highly encourage you to, to keep talking and also, um, you know, 
massive congrats on hitting a one-year milestone. Well, thank really you meaningful. so much. It's, it's pretty cool to be here with uh, the headspace lady during my one year sobriety. I made it. I think no, I'm just kidding. No, it's been good. And I'm really grateful and have a great network of people. And, and honestly, not to keep harping on this, but the headspace really was, you know, I, I, in a way, I'm like, I almost get like emotional talking about it. And it's, it's kind of, uh, um, you know, my therapist always says, <laughs> I, I've really been hitting it hard with the therapy and everything. My therapist always says, you know, is it odd or is it God kind of thing. And I have that a little bit right now with like the headspace, like even just us talking here, it's really special because it's like, this was sort of the sea. I remember it's, it's actually right outside here. There's a lake behind my house and there was a bench. And I remember the day I was just like, there was that sense of hope that the tiny, the tiny pinprick of light. I love well, it. I, I, <laughs> I can say for the whole team, like it, it, the, the, when we hear from people that the services and content that we've brought to life has been helpful. It's like extraordinarily fulfilling. That's the reason everybody's show shows up. Yeah. It's in a major way too, for real. I mean, I don't know where I was going. I, I, you know, it's a scary thing to say. And my mom, <laughs> my mom's not gonna like hearing this or whatever, but you know, it, it was really dark and I wasn't exactly sure. Just, you know, that's, that's sort of how I ended up getting to that place. Cause like, how, how dark is this gonna go? And all of a sudden some, some random cool guy with an accent just comes along <laughs> on some pot. <laughs> so it's good. And now my relationship with Headspace is a little bit more fun. We do the, uh, the cat Marina and all that stuff. So oh, good. This well, is you know, and that's like, that's our intent is to be able to, you know, if life throws you a curveball, we want to be able to, you know, kind of flex up with you and, and be able to be there to support as well as like have those kind of rituals and routines that just make for a healthy, happy mind. And, and to not see that those two things are at like antipodes to each other, but that right. they're actually part of anyone's lived life. Yeah. The full spectrum is there. Now I'm on yeah. like Kevin Hart, TikTok. you know what I'm saying? I'm on like, uh, I'm on that John legend, uh, you know, where I'm, I'm trying to think of who some of the other ones are, but those after, are, those after are this, our, I'm we, going to Sesame street. Yeah. Good. I, good. <laughs> um, the Sesame street, you gotta like get some consult from Elmo. He always, he always brings a, a light, a light mood and a lot of empathy. That's so perfect. Well, this has been so much fun. Uh, I hope that we covered every, everything is there anything that you wanted to to throw in there i know i know it's been all over the place but no, this has been a really endorsement I wanted for headspace. To thank you for both the conversation <laughs> um as well as being such a like devoted member and um yeah just share back that it's incredibly personally fulfilling to hear that um we've been able to help uh where can people find you online what's the best place to get in touch if people want to work at headspace all that jazz this is yeah. shameless self-promotion time Wonderful. Well, um, LinkedIn is probably the easiest place to find me, um, mm -hmm. particularly if you're interested in all things professional and design. So Leslie Witt, I'm the chief design officer at Headspace. Drop me a line. All right. Well, this yeah. has been fun. I think we just wonderful became, to meet you. I think we became best friends. One day I'm going to come work for you. I'm going to get my shit together. Do it. Do it. My, I'm um, waiting for my wife to become sick. She just got tenure, but I'm, I know that over time hey. she's going to get sick of teaching and she's going to want to spend more time with the kids. And then I'm going to go over <laughs> to San Francisco and get the Headspace bag. I love it. I All love right. it. Well, Take so care. nice to meet you, Rob.